0: Okay, well, first of all, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, I had the chance to watch "You won't Be Alone this Morning," and I was really quite taken by it. I, I, really, appreci- I really loved what I got out of the movie. And so uh, I wanted to start and say thank you very much for uh, coming up for being a part of something such such a uh, wonderful and unusual piece of filmmaking.
1: Thank you, Brian.
0: When, when, uh, what was it that drew you to making the move to, uh, coming on board to the movie?
1: I mean, when it came to me, you know, I just got an email from Christina, the producer, and, you know, it was like, oh, described as a supernatural. A film about witches in 1800s Macedonia. And I was like, oh, okay, witches. <laughs> and, then, you know, she be kind of described as, you know, Terence Ballet meets the witch. I'm like, well, oh, that's kind of interesting. And, you know, then it was from Goran who, you know, um, he had a short film at like Sundance, which won Sundance, and then I watched this short. I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is an incredible filmmaker right here. And, you know... Um, and, you know, had the cast attached to it, the, uh, a really great cast. And then, you know, obviously reading the script, I was like, I've never read anything like this before. Like, <laughs> but, you know, I think my first thing was like, how is this film being made? Like, because <laughs> it's a film about 1800 witches in Macedonia in Macedonia, and, and <laughs> it has all this kind of elements. You're like, oh, we've never quite... Seen this not in this way before, so I was pretty excited to, to speak to speak with Lauren And obviously, once I met with Lauren, I was like, "Oh wow, this is a filmmaker who who um, has a very strong point of view and you know wants to approach this in a way that's kind of quite daring." And I mean, the script itself was very daring.
0: Yeah. No, and I I think one of the things that's so unique about this movie is the fact that yes, it is about witches, but to just say it's about witches you're almost I, I you're almost missing the point of the movie because exactly. it's about something it i look at is i I look at it as a film about connecting to life and learning about mm-hmm. life and after time being isolated to a certain extent you almost forget about the fact that it is that there is this supernatural idea at the center of it and I, what was what was it about your early conversations? What were some of the things that you guys talked about early on in your conversations when it came to how you were going to shoot this film?
1: I, I mean, you're right, like, as soon as I was reading, I was like, oh, wow, this isn't, uh, uh, to me, it wasn't a horror film at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't written like that, and like you said, it's very humanistic and insightful and, <laughs> And that was what was surprising about it. And then seeing Gone short film, I'm like, oh, I don't think he's going to make this like a horror film. Like, this isn't a horror film to him either. Like, yeah. and obviously it's very apparent in the script. And speaking with Gone, when we finally met, you know, you got a sense that you know, he was just like, yeah, it started out as like a writing exercise for him. I was like, oh, what if one of my favorite. What, are some of, like, what if some of my favorite directors ended up making a genre film? On the surface, of a genre film. How would they approach it? And mm-hmm. then he started writing this piece and then he was like, he was more inspired by Virginia Woolf <laughs> and, you know, a little bit of Malik. And, and um, so he kind of wrote this not thinking anyone would make it, mm-hmm. which is why I think it's so bold because, you know, he's not trying to second guess himself on a lot of things. That, you know, he's just writing it From how he was feeling, and his people and is like this. You know, it's really, really grounded in Nevena, the witch, our our young uh, protagonist, and what she's gone through and her feelings about certain things. And you know, by becoming different people, she really learns what it's like to be a human and to have empathy and humanity and. You know, so, and then, you know, we are obviously discussing it. was like, "Goran's like, you know, like I've never made a genre film. You know, I've never written a genre film. This is the first time I've written anything that has elements of that. And we both agreed. It was like, yeah, we don't see it as a genre film at all. You know, there's obviously those elements, but we never saw it as approaching it in any of um, the visual tropes of what, that might entail, you know, for us it was, uh, how do we make the audience believe in what's happening in this world? And that's really, if they believe in the the actors inhabiting this character and, and being immersed in the world. And so it all kind of was like, well, yeah, the performance is a key here. And how do we, you know, how are our creative choices visually go to enhance that. And a lot of that comes down to the style for them to be able to move around within the space and to not stage anything too much, to allow the actors to have the freedom to be able to discover things and um, to not bog down in the technicalities Mm -hmm. so much or the mechanics of filmmaking. And through that, you know, we discussed, you know, God had done more of a, Fluid and handheld approach before in his previous films, and you kind of really got a sense of that naturalistic approach. But then it's like, well, how do we adapt that for this film? And then, um, you know, we talked a lot about what the physicalities of, the, of these characters might be because you know, reading it, you're like, oh, it's. Just- Young girls lived in a cave this entire time and she can't talk. So she's never had any interaction within this world and she's never been outside of this cave. So everything's kind of new to her and everything's, you know, like I was like, I've never seen this before. I've never seen this kind of behavior before, really. So I wasn't really quite sure how to shoot it, but we were discussing what that could be like and what the ideas we you know, what he had in mind and... You know what I had. You know, like some ideas. I was pushing back and forth, and we're just discussing like the possibilities of oh, well, this could be an option. This could be an option. Maybe we, you know, this is something that we could explore. But it was like all about exploring. Mm-hmm. And you know, one thing we did talk about was having possibly having one of the actors in come in early in pre-production, and we try some things out and see what feels right and what. Yeah, just to try a lot of different ideas. Mm-hmm. And you know, like sarah Sarah came in early, and we did try try out a lot of this mm-hmm. uh,
0: i you mentioned Malik, and i definitely I definitely felt very much in kinship with like Tree of Life and, and mm-hmm. like in some of his films and the way the movie is shot and i that's one of the things I really liked about. It. um one of the other things that. I mean, I want to say it kind of sets this movie apart, but really kind of doesn't because we're seeing more and more films go back to this is the use of the uh standard aspect ratio mm-hmm. and um where did when did that decision come into play when you guys were talking about the
1: movie so that was that's an aspect show that I love, and that Garn himself has utilized quite a bit in his short films mm-hmm. so his short films have more of a 133 three, uh, Academy aspect ratio.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But then he was like, Hey, what do you think of one four four? You know, I was like, one four four. I was like, Oh yeah, that's kind of like what IMAX uses. And we're like, Oh, it's you know, not quite as square as one three three, but it gives you a little bit more space, but it's also not quite mm-hmm. super wide either, you know. So, and we just had a discussion over there. I was like, oh, that, well, it could kind of work. And you know, he wasn't quite sure if he could get a pass with a studio. That's why I was like, a, oh, maybe 1.4 is like a good, you know, it's not, yeah, maybe not as intense, but yeah, it's still very much a different ratio. And during a pre production phase, I had a red Komodo and a set of lenses that I would just put in like a carry bag. And then everywhere we scouted, I would be shooting, like just in the live, you know, trying, just to see what people were like within space. And then, you know, a lot of that time was to see what we're getting with this ratio and how we could utilize this aspect ratio to once again, capture what our lead character was feeling at that particular time. I mean, you know, as we go and it was like, hey, I've been thinking about like like having a lot of headroom you know, it was like, yeah, I, I think it could make her feel like small and in this world and maybe it's like all like it's like in too intense and maybe, you know maybe she has feeling where it's like, oh the space feels it's kinda of like weighing down on her or, or the environment's wearing you know, so we're just experimenting with that. You know, I'll line up a shot with someone standing in frame with, with Sarah quite a long time. And he was like, oh let's try more headroom more headroom. And I was like, oh, really? You know, it's like quite unconventional. But then, like, you, you know, and we'll frame it at the bottom of the frame. I was like, you like that kind of headroom? He was like, oh, that's kind of, you know. I was like, oh, wow, that's really like pushing the <laughs> framing. And, you know, then we'll try to put on the edge of frame and cutting off the edge of frame. And then, you know, looking at that footage, I would kind of piece it together later on my own. And then just seeing that sequence of images, I was like, oh, you do got to kind of get a sense of a feeling you know, you, yeah, it does make you feel a certain way mixed with, um, you know, when to compose with a series of images. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that was like a bit of a, like a research process for us to figure out, mm-hmm. you know, to figure out what, what, what we could be doing on set. Yeah. What are, what and are... Yeah, sorry, yeah.
0: Uh, what, are, what are some of the benefits of shooting in that ratio as opposed to some of the other ones that we're more familiar with?
1: I think when we set out to do it, it was really, like I said, all that creative choices, all our visual creative choices when it comes to the camera and the lenses and everything came down to uh, the performances. Mm-hmm. And that aspect ratio really, were, like as soon as we started framing things up, it really was there to work, to just for us to have a subjective uh, approach to whatever the character was feeling. And that's kind of like what we always say. It wasn't really like, you know, there was a her within that sense of space Mm -hmm. also, but it wasn't really too much about like the vistas or anything because that's not the right ratio for that, you know? Yeah, because we're like oh man there's landscapes and all this kind of stuff but we're, we're, it was really about isolating her and making her either feel claustrophobic or on edge or kind of like you know like it's the abstract kind of like feeling for that and as we're filming like going with books you know it would be times so he would just be given actors' direction it would give me direction you know who would like hey go in that and then headroom headroom or like sliver which means like where i'd like put them on the side of it like with the, the edge of frame and you know, it was always dictated with what that character was experiencing at that particular time
0: mm-hmm. okay uh what with modern technology the way it is how easy is it to get a natural look when you're doing so much shooting outdoors
1: that's a very good question because we, when we approached this film, we're shooting towards Roo. like it was coming into winter, and we're in a like a mountain mountainside in a village. So I was thinking like we we're gonna get a cloudy type type, which would be nice for this kind of world, but yeah, end up it was free cold, but we went up getting a lot of full sun, mm-hmm. you know. And then like for sun, I'm like, all right, we we'll have to work out. You know, we we'll have to kind of figure, it. you know, I. Like, we did a lot of like scouting with the time and what the sun position would be. Because we knew we are going for quite a naturalistic approach. You know, the sun direction is a big thing. because that's something we can't control is the sun? But we can control at what time we shoot something. We'll try to at least within the schedule to utilize the sun's position, uh, position throughout. And another thing though, the handheld approach was obviously for performers, actors were allowed to move where they wanted, but also I was lighting while I was operating the camera. So my position of the camera in relation to what they were doing, I was adjusting the lighting on them as we, as, they were, as they were acting. I was obviously capturing their performances and my main priority in the framing and the competition that, was her state of mind but i was i was also looking at the lighting and adjusting the camera to where the sun was and lighting it while we were shooting in a way and i was constantly changing the exposure um that would often be moving from inside to outside and then back inside so i was constantly writing the the iris for the exposure and then um so, yeah, it was a constant, constant thing. And, you know, like we had the Alexa Mini, which was really great when it comes to highlights. And the Cooksby Speed are these lenses from 20s to the 40s, depending on your particular lens. So, it had like a painterly quality that we felt, um, yeah, we felt kind of like, not only within the time, but it had certain like, like a, a slight uh, ethereal quality, depending on how much we'll flare in the lens as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, the lens does flare quite easily and it, that kind of gives you a certain feeling if you flare it out a lot or flare it a little or, you know, so once again, it was like all quite spontaneous decisions. You know, it's, we kind of knew what what we could do within the space and the lighting it was like adapting that spontaneously and instinctually when we're actually filming with the actors.
0: When, when you guys, I mean, you, you already mentioned a couple of inspirations earlier when you were talking about the visual style. Are there any filmmakers or any cinematographers that you look at um, in preparation for a film or does it kind of vary from film to film or do you even look at other films and you just kind of want to make sure that you're doing your job to try and make it unique as opposed to just uh, going off of what other people do?
1: That's a very, very, very good question. And, you know, in the past, when it comes to, like, commercial work or smaller kind of projects, you've been given, like, a whole bunch of references. Hey, study this, study that. And, you know, when it comes on, like, you know, I always find not as exciting if I'm just like following someone else, what someone else has done, mm-hmm. like to the T or whatever, you know, like that's not like copying someone is not something that I'm really that interested in. Or and I, you know, and the filmmakers that I do work with, you know, that have certainly like inspirations and certainly like, you know, they're like, Oh, we've liked what we've done there, but they, you know, you have to make it your own, like, mm-hmm. You really have to kind of make it your own. Like I said, like I remember reading uh, uh, Chiva talk about working with Eric Terrence Malick on True of Life and he, he was like, oh, this approach is like opened up to a certain way of filmmaking that I've never approached before. Like I've never seen it done this way. And I remember reading that thinking, oh, wow. like They're just like, oh, so spontaneous to be able to like just go with whatever was happening on the day I thought that was inspiring. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I'll work in that kind of way, you know. But then I was also looking at Robbie Ryan's work with Andrea Arnold and like Weather Heights was a film that I looked at. Just more for like the landscape mm-hmm. and the fact that it was period, but also, you know, like it's quite simple. Like Andrea Arnold's doing very similar things in her own way. And once again, it's like the both of them are doing it for the sake of capturing something that doesn't feel Staged and doesn't feel you know they go on to something that feels very genuine and very real, and you know with Gar it was more of us like you know Gar knew the beats that he was kind of trying to reach for within the script, but he was really opening to trying to discover that on the day because whatever we discovered, and that was a collaboration from everyone um to allow the actors and allow Garan to be able to find that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, you know, as we started doing it, like we were doing things that we didn't think we were, like we didn't plan to do, but because we were finding them and discovering it, it felt so more compelling <laughs> and tangible And you know, for us it was like, oh, wow, I think we'll do something here by shooting in kind of particular way. And, you know, there's like the details within like the actual like technical side of things, you know, like Terrence Malick, uses like extremely wide lenses quite up close you know and Garen was kind of more you know like I, I want to be in there it's more it's not really about her within the space it's about her and what she's thinking so we went uh, the other route which is more like longer lenses like the 40 mil or 75 mil more, it felt more internal mm-hmm than what they're you know what they were doing and you know Andrea Arnold's always cameras always either profile or following the characters because that's very very subjective so the audience feels um the events happening as the characters feeling the events happening and we were inspired by that as well and, and once again we took our own approach because our characters are acting in ways that are very different you know it's quite unique in their approach so we wanted to have these ideas that they've explored, but also the reason why those ideas are there and to adapt it for what our film was. And I feel like, you know, with the way our performance acting, we responded in a way that was truthful to what they were doing.
0: Okay. Um, I, I just have one more quick question. Um, because of the fact that so much of what we hear on the soundtrack is voiceover, Mm -hmm. and so you don't really have a whole lot of... You have some dialogue carrying the narrative, Mm -hmm. but ultimately it's about the images. Does that change... Mm -hmm. How much does that change your approach as the cinematographer in your process of telling the story?
1: I think my process of doing that is, like, once again, like... It's really what the actors are doing within that space. And I, I do have to say, like, Bethany Ryan, our production designer, she did an incredible, incredible job in setting up the environment and the space for the actors to really be immersed in and to give them a lot of, like, details that they can respond to and props and just the physicality. And, like, you know, Bethany Ryan did a really great job in that because it was the entire world, which meant that the actors could move around a lot within that face, but also the camera was allowed to follow the actors. So it was all kind of like, everyone's working together and everyone working on that to just build on, well, like I said, like something that felt genuine and believable and uh, instinctually like uh, alive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it was like, you know, a lot of, like, we did a lot of prep in what the spaces would look like visually and what the lighting was doing. But, you know, like I said, we come on the day and it's was sun, or there's, like, the field out there is, like, full of mist, so let's take advantage of that. Or, you know, we had so much to do, so much time, no, so much to, like, compact with our shoot days that we had to embrace what was given to us and to really go with that. And once again, like, everything I was doing was in relation to what the actors were doing. And what exactly, and what what that main character was feeling.
0: Okay, well, uh, Matthew, thank you very much for your time today. And I, like I said, I I really I really respond well to this film. I I thought it was it it was quite a unique experience because I mean, you you think about just the basic premise and you expect mm-hmm. one thing, and it's completely different. And so. I, I want to thank you for uh, your, your time and talking to me about it today.
1: Thank you very much for having me and thank you very much for watching the film.